Hey, I'm back from Podcast Movement with some free stuff. I'm going to talk about a new tool I found for coaches especially or building a community that's amazing, except there's one thing that really drives me nuts. I'm going to talk about the one thing that every podcast that makes money has in common. And after hanging out with the industry at Podcast Movement Evolutions 2022, there's some things I saw that I liked, and there's a lot of stuff that has me going, I'm not sure about that. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and if you want to, and that's a key, you don't have to, but if you want to monetize your podcast, I can help with that. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And so I've got so much to say, but I want to start off with that first thing, and that is, first of all, I asked so many people, hey, what's the big takeaway from podcast movement? What was the big thing that you learned today? And I'm here to tell you every single person, the first answer out of their mouth was, it's so great to see people. Wasn't what they learned, wasn't some new resource. It was. A, it's so great to be back together. And it was. It was a lot of fun. I forgot when I go to these things, I basically get up around seven, take a shower, check my email, make sure nothing's on fire, go downstairs to the booth. And this was literally work a booth. I work for Libsyn. That is short for Liberated Syndication. Use the coupon code for that one. SOP free will get you a free month. And when that was done, it was literally from the booth to the after party. And the cool thing about the after parties, yes, they still had loud music, but they had like real food. Like you could like get full at the after party. That was very, very cool. And then usually what happened is when you got tired and you went back to the hotel, there was another gathering in the hotel. So I was working till about one in the morning and you do that a few days in a week and uh, you get tired real quick. But I got to see a lot of people that I had not seen in a long time, different aspects. And I got to see a bunch of booths and things like that. And I've got some things lined up in the future, different webinars. And speaking of that, before I forget, I have a webinar that I'm co-hosting with Thomas Umstadt Jr. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Because if you want to see the replay, you have to register for the event. And if you are a person, again, that's either thinking of writing a book, you're in the middle of writing a book, or you have a book and you're getting ready to launch it. Thomas taught me so much, unfortunately, after I launched my book. I should have gone to Thomas first. And uh, if you're in that that place where you're thinking of getting into books, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Now, back to podcast movement. It was great to see everybody. And I think the best line out of the whole thing was from my buddy, Paul Culligan. He said, there are two types of podcast companies. And I believe this to be true. There are those that care about podcasting. And then there are those that just want some of that sweet, sweet podcast money. And it was somewhat evident. And so I'm now going to merge this into a YouTube video that I just put out. And here's the thing. 
First of all, you don't have to make money with your podcast. I ride my bike every summer. I spend money on new tires and maintenance. I don't make a dime. I lose money on it. And yet I do it every year. That can be the case for your podcast. You're doing this for fun and to hang out with your brother and talk F1 formula. By all means, you don't have to make money with your podcast. But if you want to make money, I notice that the people that are making money with a podcast have one thing in common. You want to guess what it is? Go ahead. Nope, that's not it. They solve a problem. They solve a problem. And so this is why I always say that if you have your own product that was created by listening to your audience, you end up with a product that they're going to buy because they know, like, and trust you. And when you say, hey, I built this thing, and I know that you have a problem with blah, 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 and I have a way to solve it, they're going to buy it. And if you didn't build it, if you found another product that has an affiliate program, then you can say, hey, here's here's this cool thing I really, really like, and here's why I like it. You solve a problem. And if you're like, but Dave, I'm not an entrepreneur. I I don't have a product. I get that. But realize you can still solve a problem. So when you have your listener who's had a horrible day just doing the same thing over and over and they're bored out of their brains and just like, ah, then the boss is on their butt and they hit in the car and they're listening to your podcast and you're making them smile and forget their day. That is valuable. And if that's information that they can't get anyplace else, or you're the only person that seems to really get them, and make them feel this way, that's valuable. And you can make money with that. And most of the people that are making money with a podcast don't have just one way. I make money by having a membership, by doing consulting, by doing affiliate marketing. I have a Patreon. I have advertising. Uh, and I get donations from time to time. There's probably more in there as well. Plus, I, I got to speak at the National Religious Broadcasters. Why? Because I had a podcast. And that was an opportunity to get in front of more people that's probably going to lead to more income. But here's the thing that I see, and that is there are people that are not solving a problem. Now, I'm going to say my favorite phrase. So if you are a regular listener, you know what I'm going to say here. You got to make people laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. One more time. Laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. And if you're not, you're boring. And nobody's going to pay for a boring podcast. Nobody's going to go, oh, I can't wait for another boring episode of the blah, blah, blah show. I mean, think about this. Netflix cancels shows. Netflix knows exactly what you like and who you like and how much you watch and how long your show should be. And yet they make content and they still cancel it because of this thing called luck and timing. I might have told you about this before, but if not, that's worth repeating. But when you say, here's, here's a fun one. Go into Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're doing and type in the phrase, OK Boomer. And you're going to find about 20 shows named OK Boomer. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a show named OK Boomer unless you're trying to make a living at it you might have a little competition in there. And that's where this is the hardest question to answer. And that is why should people listen to you? And I, 
I almost hate to ask that phrase because that might keep people, some people out of podcasting there. When you can't answer that question, you're like, I should make one because I can't answer that question. Well, there's always the default answer. And that is, well, you make the show different because of you and your perspective and your style and things like that. So that is going to set it apart. Now, the question is, is your uniqueness enough to hold people's attention? And I always say creating a podcast is not hard. Creating a good podcast is hard. And I'm not here to to scare you away. But the reason I bring this up, getting back to podcast movement. So that, that was one thing that was inspired by podcast movement is I, and I get this, right? You have people that have booths and there were some interesting things. I'm definitely going to be doing a deeper dive into this, into Descript. I met Holly from Descript and I'm definitely talking with that company. And I saw other things, but I also saw like the Joe entrepreneur, the person that's trying to get on Shark Tank, basically. And they come up and they say, oh, you work for Libsyn. Let me show you my app. And look, I'm always, you know, somebody might have the best new app that I've never thought of. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Except that's not what I got. But what I got was, hey, here's this app I made. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like what's going to make this different? What is going to be so amazing? that I'm going to leave overcast because that's what I listen through. And the answer is nothing. They'll say something like, oh, you can click this button and leave someone a voicemail. And they say that in a way like this is unique. And I go, hmm, you, you do know there are things like speak pipe and pot inbox and a number of other things that you can use to have your audience leave you a voicemail. Then I was contacted by another app company and they said, we're doing something different. We have a way that it will display images and links. And if you want text on the screen while people listen to their podcast. So the first thing I always want to ask these kind of companies is, have you actually sent out a survey to see how many people are looking at their phone while they listen to a podcast? Because I'm pretty sure right now, I'm probably in a pocket somewhere. Look, we're we're 10 minutes into the show and I'm pretty sure I'm in a pocket somewhere or on a, a passenger seat in a car. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure you're not looking at the phone right now. I could be wrong. Feel free to contact me, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. But the other thing is that's not new. If you use, use Hindenburg uh, and there's another tool on the Mac that you can use, you can make chapters and chapters enable you to put an image in and put a link. And then it depends on the app, whether or not the app will use that information and it's inside the MP3. And then here's the one that really got me. And I think I know why, and I'll explain that in a second. There is a movement, speaking of podcast movement, there's a movement to make podcasting better. It's often given the name Podcasting 2.0. There is Adam Curry, who is one of the guys that invented podcasting, and Dave Jones, who's his technical guru, and they're doing things to make podcasting better. Like, hey, let's have a thing inside apps where you could put a link to a transcript, and hey, let's make a, a technical advancement to where we could have those people that are in bandwidth challenged areas be able to say, give me the smallest file. And then maybe in the future, we'll, we'll make smaller files for people that are in that. Let's uh, have a thing for people 
so we can say who the guest is. And it's just ways of making podcasts better. They also have a thing where if you want, you can stream Satoshi. So you can stream very, 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 very small amounts of money. And by that, I mean one Satoshi is point zero 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 four. That's three zeros and a four. And that number somewhat fluctuates, but it's very, very small. So if you were to tip me right now, does this show, they call that value for value. And if I take point zero 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 four and you say, hey, I'm going to tip him what they call ducks on the pond, which is two, 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 uh, right? That is 89 cents. Yeah, sounds like a lot. 2,000 stats. That's 80. Look, I'll take 89 cents. If I can get 3% of you to give me a buck, that'd be awesome. But that is this thing that's going on. And eventually, what they've done is they've created a whole set of apps that are embracing those because the legacy apps like Overcast and Apple Podcast, and some of them do and some of them don't, but a lot of the older ones are kind of like, nah. But if you want to see these new ones, go to newpodcastapps.com. Now, I say that because I know that. I watch this space as much as I can. The space is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's hard to keep up with everything. But this is something I think is important. This is the thing for me that has huge potential. Now, granted, I just explained how you can tip me 89 cents. However, you know, it's hard to live on 89 cents. But if I could get a bunch of you to do that, that's a different story. And who knows how much that Bitcoin is going to be in five years. So there's a lot of variables and a lot of if this happens and if that. So, but the thing I love about it, it is you and me and there's nothing in between. And I say that because this app company was like, hey, look, we do this. And you can do that using the new features of, you know, the updated RSS feed, podcasting 2.0 kind of thing. And the beauty of that version is this show has portions of it that are dynamically created. And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. And if you have dynamically created content, so if you have pre-roll and post-roll and mid-roll and all these things that dynamically get inserted, then your chapters and stuff go right out the window. However, if you're using this new feature, it's your chapters and your images and your links stay in place. All right, enough of the tech guru talk. This new app that was making chapters and links and such, and I said, oh, are you using the new specs at Podcasting 2.0 at podcastindex.org? And they went, and I quote, huh? Yeah, basically what they said. They had no idea. And I said, hey, if you make your app embrace these new specs, there's a whole group of podcasters that are embracing this new technology. And by you coming to me and saying, hey, we have an app that does this and you're not using the tools that are already here for podcasters, you look a little stupid. Now, I didn't quite say it that way but they were very gracious. I said, if you start to embrace this stuff, there are a bunch of people already looking at new apps. In fact, right now, when I go to the website, 5,329 podcasters are embracing this value for value system. And I realize it's way early for a lot of you because when I say the word crypto, your eyes start to bleed. It's, It's crazy. But I just thought it was interesting that here again was another company coming into a space that didn't understand the space. 
Like you're trying to solve a problem that A, I'm not convinced is even a problem because who's looking at their screen and B, you're not using the tools that are already there. Spotify's doing the same thing. Uh, a lot of these bigger networks are ignoring that we've created tools to make podcasting better. And they're just like, well, you know, we're Spotify. We don't need to use your tools. You're supposed to use ours. In fact, what was interesting, another insight from podcast movement was James Cridlin did a podcast report card. And the thing that came out on top was, you guessed it, podcastindex.org. And I talked to James the night before podcast movement, and he had quite a number of people leave feedback for these different apps, Spotify, Apple, Google, et cetera. And Spotify, I'm sorry, Apple said, oh, please send us all the comments because they want to know how to make their app better. Google, hey, send us over the comments. We'd love to see those. And originally, Spotify said, now we're good. I don't really need the feedback because, you know, they know where they're going and they have the whole probably roadmap of their walled garden that they're building. And I don't know if it got back to them that many of us that heard that kind of went, huh, that says a lot about Spotify. And then they kind of came back to James and said, ah, we'll, we'll take it. So it's interesting. You know, you can read that different ways, of course. But I thought that was an interesting insight. But I always say that if you want to have a successful podcast, if you want to make money or not, and this is a bumper sticker, but it's kind of not. This is the truth. Spend $100 or less on a microphone. I like the Samson Q2U. And then spend 100 hours. And 100 hours isn't that much. It's a couple weeks at night after dinner going around and looking at forums like Facebook, Reddit, going into Amazon, looking up books that are about your subject and looking at the four-star and two-star reviews, going to YouTube, looking for your subject, looking at the comments, find out what people want and then give it to them. And you will find that you have a much better chance at that than if you go in solving a problem that doesn't exist and you tip your hand in a way that your audience is going to go, oh, wow, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. And that's the one thing we all are really afraid of. We don't want to look stupid. And speaking of looking stupid, I, I was really blown away. So we're at the Libsyn booth. We are tearing it down. Now, this is not something that is subtle. Like we are folding up banners. We are throwing t-shirts in boxes. We have our back to the hallway. So if you're walking by us, we're not seeing you because we are in teardown mode. We are in bug out mode, right? Pack it up. Let's get out of here. Show's over. And somebody came up to pitch. And I, I just, there was a part of me, it was like, really? Can you not read the room that we're kind of like, you know, maybe you missed the boat. Maybe we'll see you in May at PodFest. Nope. Kept on pitching. And I was like, wow. So how does that pertain to you? Is one of the things you might want to do, it's a thought, I know it would make my life easier, is 
instead of sending me a two sheet PDF about how you are the best thing since sliced bread and how your expertise in underwater basket weaving ties in brilliantly with the school of podcasting, which it doesn't. Maybe we should start approaching people. Hey, I listened to episode number, you know, 39, where you talked about this. My name is such and such. I too work in this industry. Are you looking for guests? Maybe we should like test the water with people. Maybe they're tearing down their booth right now and you're saying, hey, I should be on your show. Maybe we should just send them a quick email that says, are you looking for guests? And just tip enough of the hat to go, I listen to your show and I also work in this space. I can bring you value. But this person didn't. And I I really was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've seen some bad pitches, but wow. Talk about timing. So I also want to talk about the three people, the three things, and now kind of four that are in podcasting. And I, I thought about if I should say this or not. Because it's not the most cheery thing. And I might be a little paranoid, but I'm seeing a trend and it has me worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the podcasting space. Because after hanging out in it, I was like, "Mm, I'm seeing a trend here. And it has me worried. If you are a Amazon Prime user, I strongly recommend that you watch the documentary Corporate.fm. I've talked about it in the past, and it shows how radio absolutely committed suicide. They just, they quit worrying about growing their audience, and then they saw how many ads they could stuff into it. And there are three kind of entities that make up, in my opinion, this is all my opinion. I'll explain what I'm basing this on. Like I just mentioned Corporate.fm. But there are the the podcast companies, right? This is the media hosts, the agencies, things like that. Podcast consultants, maybe even there. Uh, Then you have the podcasters. Some people call them the creators. And then there's you, the listener. And for me, for podcasting to continue to grow, we have to come up with a win, win, win. I mean, in the early days of podcasting, getting a podcast off the ground, you basically had to be a geek. And that's why, well, most people didn't. That's back in the early days, 2004, 2005. And the listener didn't really have any options. And the podcasting companies grew at a slow pace. So just a little history lesson and kind of where I'm coming from. Tools then came along to make things like media hosts. And you didn't have to be such a geek to create a podcast. Still wasn't super easy. But the media hosts thrived, more than one popped up, and podcasting started to get more popular because to the listener, they benefited, since it was easier to make one, from a wider range of old white dudes, basically, back then, to listen to. And that's kind of who listened to podcasts in the early days. And then companies creating engaging content got more listeners, because there were more more things to listen to, to see, you know... They were kind of like, hey, what's that purple button on my iPhone do? And that resulted in more podcast companies opening their doors. And then Serial, if we kind of jump ahead here, brought a ton of listeners. And with the number of listeners growing, well, the advertising beast woke up 
and started entering the space. Again, the listener got more content, so they won. The creators got more choices in their vendors, so there are more things to choose from. And the advertisers got a huge return on their investment. And with more listeners, again, came more sponsors. And more ad agencies were formed along with more media hosts. And the more popular your show, the more likely the creator will stuff five minutes of ads in the front of their content. And I wish that was a joke, and it's not. If you're a super big celebrity, you just stuff tons of ads at the beginning. And while the creator, right, they benefited from the money of the ad, and the podcast companies benefited, in my opinion, the listener kind of suffers when you have to hit skip, 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 or just... With some apps now, they're like, hey, just start Mark Marin at the seven-minute mark. I mean, wouldn't you agree that the listener really wasn't benefiting by five minutes of ads at the beginning? And this is where I need to put a disclaimer here. I'm not anti-advertising, right? I work for a company that owns AdvertiseCast, and that's not why I'm saying that, by the way. I'm not anti-advertising. In the early days of podcasting, there was one podcast I listened to because I discovered new resources because they were advertising on the show. But here's the thing with advertising. When money is involved, at least in my travels, the whole, the right thing to do can often get lost in the run for profits. Uh, Now the advertisers, they had the attention of the podcast companies to the point where there's now kind of, we gone from having the podcast company the podcaster in the listener. And now we've got a fourth player at the table and that is the agencies. And when we are worried about the advertiser, well, the creators and, and, and the companies, we got to remember, we got to worry about the listener because without listeners, there is no, no money. There's no podcast company. It doesn't matter because what podcaster is going to make a podcast when nobody listens to it. I realize we all make jokes about having few listeners, but we we can't make it. Have you, uh, here's the thing. YouTube did a presentation. And by that, I mean, they did a commercial for YouTube. And it dawned on me as I was kind of prepping for this. I had not watched YouTube without my, I pay $10 a month for YouTube to not play ads in front of me. and so. I went to a different browser and it's an absolutely horrible experience. It's it's unwatchable. They've added so many ads to YouTube. If you're not paying them $10 a month, it is an absolutely horrible experience. And that's what has me worried. All the tools I'm hearing about are about how we can stuff ads into podcasts. And I was like, so we can be just as bad as YouTube. And so my guess would be if you point this out to people in the ad space, they're going to go, yeah, that's, you know, that's not a great experience, but uh, my kids need braces. (laughs) And if we take our eye off the listener, well, again, this all goes away. And when some podcast companies mentioned attribution in podcasts, now, if you're new to that, that's where they take your IP address from whatever app you're using right now, 
and your IP address when you visit a website. You put the two together and you can say, wow, I see that this person, because they visited this website, is a 25-year-old male, the blah, 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 blah. And, and they get all sorts of information about you that you didn't opt into. And so I asked some people at Podcast Movement, and I said, hey, like, what's the other side of that? I said, because it sure sounds like that's evil. And they said, yeah, it is evil. And it absolutely is possible. But it would be so expensive to go through the steps to take those two sets of data points and put them together that nobody's going to do that. To which I say, well, again, in my travels, doing the right thing seems to get lost in the run for profits. So I'm still kind of the jury's out on that. And I unfortunately tend to lean towards uh, the guys that are making the profit. Because if you look at the stats, in fact, let me share some with you. Advertising is doing very well. Okay. So, and I know you might be saying, Dave, you have podcasting in your show. You just heard some. And that is true. I rarely have more than one ad in my 30 to 40 minute show. Uh, We could say maybe two minutes for a 40 minute show ish. Today might be a little longer. That calculates to roughly 5%. And I used to listen to a radio station that was 38% advertising. And my worry is that we are headed in that direction. More and more tools are coming your way that's going to make it easier for you to get advertising for your podcast. And when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I'm like, I hope we don't just start smushing all sorts of ads in and podcasts become just as bad as radio. Because the reason the reason that podcasting was so popular in the early days is because it wasn't radio. Radio had screwed the pooch. And for the record, that's a really, really weird phrase. And again, podcasting isn't killing radio. Radio is committing suicide. They've sucked all the personality out of it. They've quit introducing us to new music, which is what we tuned in for. And they just are trying to see how much profit they can get out of it. Edison Research, and I got to talk to Tom Webster, super nice guy. If you haven't read his wife's book yet, I can't, it's, it's Red Thread Something Something. And it's an amazing book. I'll put a link in the description. And I'm here to tell you, if you buy that book and you don't like it, I will probably buy it back from you and give it away. It's a really, and I'm going to interview her later. Anyway, Tom Webster, Podcast Movement, Edison Research, Super Listener Report. And these are people that are listening to mammoth amounts of podcasts, right? Something like five hours. It's, it's huge, right? And the number of people who think there are too many ads has more than doubled in two years, going from 10 to 22%. That's in two years. It's a pretty big jump. And my question is, at what point do agencies start to pull back on the throttle? You know, the listeners aren't stupid. The thing is, uh, have you ever heard that thing about the frog on the stove? That if you put a frog in a boiling pot of water that's not boiling and you turn it up, It'll just sit there and boil. Uh, like, First of all, uh, that's, a, again, a really weird example. What kind of weird, deprived kid that, you know, anyway, let's go back to podcasting, shall we? But uh, 59% of listeners have noticed that there are more ads in podcasting, and those ad breaks are getting longer. Again, we're not the frog on the stove that's going, huh? 
There's more ads. No, we're noticing it. And if you read that Edison research study, you'll also see where podcast advertising, well, it works. And by that, I mean like, holy cow, does it work? Which is, again, kind of why I'm like, why are we worried about this attribution thing? We're already spanking every other form of media, but that's just my opinion. And But the reason it works is why people want to cram more and more and more ads into their shows, to which I say, well, if it works that well, how about we just raise the price and then have less advertising because it works? Uh, you know, And if you have a large audience, um, that's where people really, 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 those ad agencies really want to get on your show. They're looking for the big shows. And of course, that benefits the agency. It benefits the advertiser and the podcaster. And you can add a listener if the podcaster has done their research and ensure that they only have quality products on their show in the same way that I define bad audio as audio that distracts the audience from what is being said to how it sounds. I feel that when advertising interrupts the flow, and for me, it's the momentum of the episode so much that it detracts from the enjoyment of the episode that's noticeable. Well, if that's the case, if like every four minutes you're like, oh, another ad, you got a problem. Think about it. When Anchor came on the scene, so many people made a podcast. Now, uh, probably 80% of them are test, test. Is this working? I think it's working. I don't know. And if (laughs) so, consequently, making it super easy resulted in a lot of really bad podcasts. If we make it too easy to add ads, well, in my travels, doing the right thing seems to get lost in the run for profits. And not so much ads, dynamic content on a whole is not bad unless you stuff it full of ads. So, I mean, Libsyn has had dynamic content in their Libsyn Pro product since like 2006-ish, I think. Uh, Captivate has dynamic insertion. Buzzsprout has, uh, what do you call it, pre and post roll. I believe Podbean has dynamic insertion. And so these tools, more and more people are going to be adding these tools. And again, they're going to make them more and more easy to use. And I'm just here to kind of wave my little flag and go, have, can I have your attention, please? Go watch Captivate.fm. That's not a website. That's the name of the movie. You can find it on Amazon. If you're on Amazon Prime, it's free. And that is my homework for you. Watch Captivate.fm. There is one problem with that movie. It's depressing. If you grew up with radio, you really miss radio. The good news is, Good podcasts sound a lot like old radio. Another thing I learned at Podcast Movement from Tom Webster in his presentation was TikTok has gone bonkers. Now, I realize that a lot of you are like, duh, but I didn't realize it had grown that much. The other fun thing, remember how we were all in such a fever pitch in the middle of the whole pandemic and clubhouse? Yeah, Twitter Spaces is already blowing Clubhouse out of the water. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Clubhouse in the long run, because the last time I checked, they're still using that weird free business model, which the last time I checked is not a business model, which leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. 
And it's weird because my own voice is in my head telling me, that's a bad idea. It really is. I found a tool and it's called Volley. And what's cool about it is you can have, it's, it's kind of like Loom, you know, that little video email tool, Zoom, which is like a video, uh, you know, meeting thing. I think we all are familiar with Zoom at this point. And Slack had a baby. And it's really cool. So you can have a space that you can invite your audience to. This would be kind of like, for, especially for those people that hate Facebook. You could invite them, invite them to a volley. You invite them to your space. Then you set up these things called chapters. And the chapters are the different topics. And then you can have conversations. And if you are a coach, which I am, that's the part you go, ooh, conversations are time shifted. So you could uh, go over and join my, you could basically join a conversation with me and say, hey, Dave, what's the best microphone for under 100 bucks? I could find it four hours later and say, hey, the best microphone I like for under 100 bucks is the Samson Q2U. So it's time shifted conversation. It can be video, it can be audio, it could be text, it could be a file. And as a coach, I go, Oh, this is cool because it's so easy then at 2x speed to get caught up. So if somebody sends you something and you haven't talked to to them in a couple of weeks, you're like, hold on, and you just get caught up on your history. That I like. And the fact that you can then enable your audience to interact with each other. Like, this is really, really cool. You can kind of restrict some of the access and all sorts of other fun things. Oh, and it works on an Android and an iOS and a Mac and a PC. And I was like, I am not seeing any negatives yet. I really like this. I've been paying for Circle.io and uh, was getting ready to really do a deep dive into that as I'm, I'm really close to rolling out a new version and a new strategy for the School of Podcasting. And I found this thing, thanks to Tim Schmoyer from videocreators.com. And, um, I was like, wow. And then I found the one feature that I was like, ah, you ready? It's free. I'm like, no, because again, free is a horrible business model. And I don't want to build anything on something that can go away. I've seen all the free media hosts go away. I've seen blab.io. I'm like, I really don't want to. So I'm not really building anything on this, but I am kind of leaning on it. I'm interviewing one of the co-founders. And I already asked him, I'm like, dude, what's the business plan? He's like, no, no, we are going to monetize later. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But it's inspired me to A, use it a little bit and B, try some new strategies. And so if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free courses, that website again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash free courses, you can find the notes for this episode at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 821. And you'll see where I am offering a bunch of free courses. Now, these are the same courses that are included in the paid version of the School of Podcasting. One of them is Learn PodPage. PodPage is a tool I use to make websites. And almost all of my sites are on PodPage now. In fact, why? Because last week, when I got home from California, in addition to giving myself uh, food poisoning, which is fun, 
because the milk said it wasn't outdated, but apparently it was. Uh, but uh, I think it was on Wednesday. My WordPress went to update itself and was not happy. And I was like, oh, crap, this is one of the reasons I have a love hate relationship with WordPress. Thanks to Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to podcast, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, he was using the same kind of tools on his WordPress site that I am. And consequently, he also had a critical error. And Daniel's much nerdier than I am. And he's much more of a coder. He's the guy behind my podcast reviews. And if you don't, if you're not using my podcast reviews, you should. And he basically said, oh, just click here, do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. And he got me fixed in a couple minutes. But that's why I use PodPage. You don't have to worry about plugin conflicts when you're using PodPage. So if you want to learn PodPage, you can. If you're not sure what media host to use, well, you can take a course I have called Media Hosting Overview. And it shows Libsyn, it shows Captivate, it shows Buzzsprout, and it shows Blueberry. Now, these are quick overviews, so you can kind of decide which media host you want to do a deep dive in. Now, if you want to take a deep dive, that's part of the school of podcasting, but to just get an overview, that's there. And I'm just now making a course on, you guessed it, Volley, the app I just mentioned, the free one that I was like, oh, this is so cool because I've now spent about a week playing with it. And there's not really a learning curve, but there is something that you have to kind of go, this is that, and that is this, and this is that. And you go, oh, 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 now I get it. So I've got that out there as well, as well as a podcast baby steps. So if you're just getting into podcasting, you can basically sign up for that. And I will email you all the common questions that I get asked. And then there's a link to my YouTube channel, as well as a link to the School of Podcasting if you're looking for paid classes. So that is a new strategy I'm doing. And if you're like, okay, Dave, what, what are you up to? It's very simple. It's not all. But some of those, for instance, the PodPage one has an affiliate link in each tutorial. It's like, hey, if you decide to use PodPage, click here, please, and use the, the affiliate. Now, you don't have to pay any more for that, but you get free education, and I get an affiliate commission in the event you sign up. And if you want to check them out, again, they're free. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free courses. So just a quick recap, because I think it's important. There are really three entities in the podcasting space. There's the podcasting companies, there's the podcast creators, and there's the listener. And I say this now again, that as the companies and the creators start to salivate about advertising, we need tools to make it easier to create better podcasts. And the podcast companies need to make a profit so they stay in business. But I just hope we all can remember that without the podcast listener, this all goes away. This whole thing falls apart and crashes and burns. And I just needed to get that off my chest. One thing I failed to say, because it's kind of a given, podcast movement was a well-oiled machine. And as always, many times the stuff you learn at the after party and the hallway might eclipse the information you learn in the sessions, but it was a great event. And Dan and Jared had always uh, pulled it off without a hitch. And that's kind of the case. If you go to Podcast Movement, Evolutions, Podcast Movement, PodFest, the bigger podcast shows, they have it down now. You're not going in and you're like, ah, registration is broken. That doesn't happen anymore. 
So kudos to Dan and Jared for a great show. If you'd like to learn how to podcast, I would love to help you. I really do. And, and we can start talking in volley. I'm using this especially with new signups at the School of Podcasting because I have had a few that said I'm not on Facebook anymore and I needed a way to communicate and I am lo- lo- loving it. So if you want to see volley in action, go over again to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free courses and you will take the course on volley in volley, which is kind of cool. But if you're just looking to start your podcast, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code listener. Thank you so much for listening. I really do deeply appreciate it. I've got some great interviews coming up in the future. And right now I'm wearing the new Rode NTH100 headphones. And once I wear these for a little bit, I will be reviewing those and letting you know what I think. I will say they're Definitely different than the Audio-Technica headphones I had before. Now I just need to figure out, is that a good thing or a bad thing? So thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.